it's Kathy from the Rock Your Retirement Show, and I am so glad that you have decided to join us today. Today, I have a retiree on the show with me. His name is Fred Shatsky. He is 77 years old, and get this, he's been married for 50 years. He has two sons, two grandchildren, and he was a U.S. Naval officer and worked as a pharmacist for 35 years. And just because he's retired doesn't mean he's slowed down. He's a volunteer here in San Diego at the USS Midway Aircraft Carrier Museum, and he also volunteers at the San Diego Zoo. He's a member of Get Off Your Rockers, which you might remember. Ellen Williamson is also a member, and that is how we got connected. I brought Fred on the show today so he could talk about how working for 15 hours a week for free keeps him young. But to be honest, I may ask him some other questions as well. So Fred, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Kathy. I appreciate you inviting me to be on your podcast. I like that word, podcast. It's such a futuristic sound. I feel (laughs) like I'm on a stellar voyage. So uh, let's get on the pod. The future is now, Fred. The future is now. So tell me, how long were you in the U.S. Navy? Well, I was actually in for three years and four months. I was a part of the... uh, I actually got through up the candidate school, which is a four-month program, and then I served four years active duty in the U.S. Naval Reserve, and then uh, I was in the Naval Reserve, but I didn't stay part of an active unit. So you were three years in the Navy and four years in the Reserve, is that correct? No, actually I was in the Naval Reserve, and the four months was officer candidate school, in which I got my commission, and then I served. Three years active duty, one year of which was on an aircraft carrier in the USS Saratoga, which I remember so fondly that uh, I am now part of the USS Midway Aircraft Carrier Museum as a volunteer, which I will talk about later. Well, I have been on that museum several times, and it is amazing. And every time I go, it seems like they have something new. So if the listener hasn't been on the USS Midway. If you haven't been to San Diego, San Diego's a wonderful place to visit. And if you have been to San Diego, or if you live here or whatever, definitely check out that museum. So what what does a volunteer do on the museum? And I know you all have those great jackets, right? Don't you all have those bomber jackets? Oh, we we have a jacket after we volunteer for a thousand hours. We get that nice leather jacket. You might have seen the photo that uh, you asked me to send you. Is that what you're talking about? Or is that what you have seen? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's very impressive. But there's a lot more that impresses the uh, visitors on the Midway. And uh, my attraction for the Midway started, as I said, I was an officer on the USS Saratoga. I spent a year on that aircraft carrier. And uh, I didn't see some of the things that visitors see when they visit the Midway Museum. Probably a good reason why I do this in my old age. I want to see an aircraft carrier. And what better way to see it than visiting the USS Midway Aircraft Carrier Museum? That ship has achieved so much in the 14 years that it's been open to the public that, as you said, it's really amazing. And San Diegans uh, should really visit it as uh, part of their... Part of living here. 
the USS Midway came to San Diego in 2004. Well, actually, a little bit before that, and it opened to the public in 2004 in the summer. And it spent uh, 12 years overcoming hurdles to become the successful museum that it was. It stayed in the boneyard and mothball, so to speak, up at Bremerton, Washington. And when it came here, it was uncertain whether it would be a success. It was towed from Bremerton, Washington to San Diego with the premise that it would be a success before the Navy would turn it over completely to the founders. And fortunately, it was a success because it did not have to be towed back. So uh, there's a lot to see on the Midway, and uh, surprisingly enough, not that many San Diegans have visited it. The number, the percentage of San Diegans who visit Midway is small compared to all of the out-of-towners and out-of-the-country, but it's something really worth visiting. Well, that's good to know because the majority of people who listen to this show are actually not in San Diego. We have a nationwide and even international audience. But I didn't necessarily want to talk to you specifically about the Midway. What I wanted to talk to you about was, number one, how did you figure out what you wanted to volunteer for? Because volunteering for an aircraft carrier, that's not something that you can find in a book. You know, we on the Rocky Retirement Show will advise people to find a volunteer position how did you figure out to volunteer on on the Midway? Like, how did that idea come into your head? Well, for me, it was very easy because uh, it was good timing, good luck. The fact that I was uh, just about to retire from the University of California, San Diego, where I was a pharmacist for 35 years, I was a little hesitant to retire, as a lot of people are. We spent so much time during our working careers thinking, well, how great it's going to be to retire. And then when it starts approaching and the time does go fast, you start to get a little hesitant, as I was. And uh, I felt that what would I do in retirement? There's uh, so much to think about. Hobbies, I've had so many hobbies, but none that would last me forever. I'm not a steady reader, as my wife, she's the more cerebral part of our our union. And uh, I have to get out. So as far as the Midway is concerned, to me, it was a nostalgia thing. As I said, I spent a year on the USS Saratoga, and I hadn't seen enough of an aircraft carrier. When you look back at things, as you probably know, you always look back at things more favorably. And as I look back at the Saratoga and the Midway was just opening as a uh, museum, I said, wow, what a great opportunity when I saw the advertisements uh, soliciting volunteers. When I first volunteered for the Midway, I didn't know exactly what I was volunteering for, but then they had certain categories that were open, and one of them, which would be a tour guide or a docent. Are you familiar with what a docent does? Yes, I am. But for our listeners, well, I for our listeners, what? Yeah, what does a docent do? Well, I always under the impression that a docent was an old person who stays in the museum and just stays there and waits, watches people as they look <laughs> at the museum. Old people are docents, so relics amongst the relics. And I didn't know if that was for me, but then I realized it's also a tour guide interacting with people. And that's what docents are on the Midway. They're more interactive uh, than they are typically docents in museums. And we meet such great people, and there's so many great things to show to people. And as far as being a docent, it really appealed to me because uh, I've already been there now in that capacity, but I also volunteer in other capacities. And as a docent, 
when I started, you know, only about two or three dozen of us. And then that program mushroomed to now there's over 400 docents with wow. a training program with instructors that are really impressive, but probably as skilled as some college instructors. And it's a great learning process, and uh, it's really a great place to be. It makes the older person who would be a docent feel much younger. Well, let's say somebody is listening to this show and they're in Kansas and they don't have the USS Midway, you know, where would they look to find a volunteer opportunity, like to be a docent or something exciting? What advice would you give to that person in Kansas? Yeah, that's a good question. And I thought about that. Fortunately, like I said, the timing was perfect for me with the Midway. But, you know, as a youth, volunteering was not something that I really had ever considered. It was unheard of. I come from a small rural area, probably like Kansas you're talking about. And if I stayed in that area, I wouldn't have known where to volunteer. But uh, there are now opportunities online. And if that person who is interested in volunteering would go online, I'm sure they would find many opportunities. Now, as I said, the youth then did not have to volunteer. But today, volunteering is very important, even for the youth. Not only old people who are going to retire. My granddaughter, who's applying to college now, she had to establish a resume. And part of that resume had to include some volunteering credit. So there are ways to find ways to volunteer, even if you volunteer online, I would assume. But in San Diego, the opportunities are really more than you would find in Kansas, I would presume. But I'm sure that somebody who went online, if they wanted to volunteer, would find ways to do it. If you were in San Diego and you wanted to volunteer, you can just go online, search the Internet for volunteer opportunities. And if you search the Internet for volunteer opportunities on the Midway, you would find at least 10 different categories of way to volunteer. Now, as I said, my main category is as a docent, but I also volunteer in other directions. I'm part of the knot tying team, which I can talk about later, which is a great way to volunteer. You don't have to be a docent to volunteer on the Midway. There are so many opportunities. I'm also part of the Speakers Bureau. And uh, there's at least 10 categories. If somebody in San Diego wanted to volunteer on the Midway, they can just search volunteer opportunities, USS Midway. They'll come aboard and the Volunteer office coordinator, Lori, would put them in a position of their interest, and they would really be satisfied. That's great. But, again, there's a lot of listeners that are not in the San Diego area. So your main advice to them would be to go on the Internet and just search volunteer the name of their city? Or how would – like, what would you be doing if if the Midway was no longer here and – Let's say you decided to move to Texas. How would you start to find a volunteer position in Texas that would lead you to the the same kind of gratification that you have now? Well, I don't know if I could be as gratified volunteering anywhere more than the Midway. In fact, (laughs) like you mentioned, I'm also a volunteer at the zoo, and I I find that I'm doing so much less time now at the zoo because I, I prefer to be on the Midway. No reflection on the San Diego Zoo. It's still rated very highly, and I suggest visitors to San Diego include that on their visit. But the USS Midway has now just been named the number one attraction in San Diego by TripAdvisor.com. So back to Texas. I don't know what I would do in Texas, but like I said, the first thing I would do is search the Internet. 
there's got to be uh, with any key words that you plug in there, volunteer. I'm sure they're going to find many links that would link them to opportunities. Uh, I haven't done that, so I couldn't tell them what to look for in Texas. Okay. Well, let's talk about, I have something called the six pillars of retirement lifestyle. And it sounds to me like your volunteer might fit in a couple of the, of the pillars. So those pillars are spiritual, significant other, friendship, work or volunteer, health, and family. Do you think that your volunteer work fits into more than just the work area? Could it fit into some of the other pillars than just that one? Well, I I couldn't say for all of them for me, but uh, what I'm understanding about the pillars is that I don't know why you would have to volunteer to really fit into any of those pillars. Yeah, I guess my question is, does volunteering help you find friendship? Like, have you been able to find friendships through your volunteer work, or do you just go and hunker down and talk to tourists? The volunteering is a great way to establish friendship. Uh, the camaraderie that goes on by volunteering at the zoo or at the Midway is really a big thing. But on the other hand, it's conversely so that a volunteer for mercenary reasons, for charities, is something that uh, is helpful more to some people spiritually than volunteering for their own uh, enjoyment, their own uh, amusement, their own entertainment. Uh, I'm not a, much of a spiritual person to really address that as much, but I can tell you that if you want to volunteer, you don't have to volunteer first to find the friends. You can volunteer as a group. Now, you mentioned the Get Off Your Rockers organization, and that's how I know our mutual friend, Ellen Williamson, who did one of your episodes. We are part of that organization, Get Off Your Rockers. If you want more about that, you can listen to her episode. I think she did a good job describing the Get Off Your Rockers. But it's an organization for seniors that will give opportunities to volunteer with the group, your friends, who certain charities. For instance, we volunteer as a group, whoever wants to, uh, for things like the uh, San Diego Food Bank. Other charities, uh, Habitat for Humanity, uh, and other charities that uh, I, I haven't used, but uh, I've gone with the group to uh, volunteer at those charities, which I wouldn't have done on my own. But I think there's a converse to that as well. You know, friends can help you go and volunteer, and by volunteering, you can also meet friends. That's a good point. You know, I've had people on the show that talk about volunteering overseas. Is that something that you would ever consider, or do you just like to volunteer close to home, you know, within driving distance? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my own personal preference. Uh, I'm not much of a traveler. Uh, I don't like to sit on an airplane for a dozen hours to get somewhere where I can volunteer closer to home. But those opportunities are available. I do have friends who have done that. And uh, I, if I didn't have to travel that far because I'm, I'm not a very comfortable traveler, I would do it. Okay, now I have a question regarding one of, the, one of the six pillars. One of the six pillars is your significant other. That would be, you know, for you, your wife of 50 years. Do you think volunteering, getting out of the house helps your marriage? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you should ask her that question. I, I think it does, but... <laughs> 
you, you know, you raised a good point about uh, volunteering because I know couples who volunteer together. Now, my wife volunteers in a different direction than I do. We both have very different interests. I don't know if that's uh, made our marriage last the 50 years, but we we seem to have that ability to, to carry out our own interests without interfering with each other. But I know couples who volunteer together and uh, because they have similar interests. I wouldn't suggest a couple volunteer together simply because they're a couple. I think they have to do what interests each of them individually. And if it works out that both of them have that similar interest where they can volunteer together, all the more success. That is that is a good point. The reason why I ask is because uh, I have a lot of friends who, when their spouse retires, they start thinking, oh, my gosh, he's coming in here. He's telling me I missed the spot of vacuum. He's underfoot. <laughs> you know, did you, <laughs> did you find that to be the case when you retired? Oh, I'm glad I have it. No, I, I think that would uh, certainly present a problem. But uh, I, I think my wife is happy that I do volunteer, not so that we are apart or that I get out of the house. I think it's because she sees a difference in me and the pride I take. And, well, I have to go back to the USS Midway because I do take a lot of pride in that. And I know the interest she has. Uh, I'm very happy to see that she has that interest because she takes pride in them as well. And you have something to talk about. If you were together all day, you would experience the same things. So it would not be as interesting to have a conversation about what you both already did together. You, you know what I mean? That's yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I think that helps. Yeah, so so basically, volunteering it sounds like uh, helps with some of the some of the pillars. That would be your significant other it might strengthen that relationship because you're a more interesting person. Helps you build friendships. Another thing I wanted to point out is the reason that uh, we should volunteer. I think you get a certain amount of respect. And that's in uh, contrast to the condescension that some people think is respect for elders. And I really get annoyed by condescension. Uh, I want to point out the difference between condescension and respect in two little stories that were personal to me. The first one was actually a joke, but the second one was personal. And the first one, is, as a joke, is condescension and respect. I really get annoyed by condescension when uh, people tell me how good I look for my age or... Uh, the fact that they can call me honey or, you know, sweetie or whatever. I really get annoyed by that. So this one story about condescension and a senior who was really getting annoyed by the condescension. He was just barely 60 years old and he was getting his physical by a very young condescending physician who was about half his age. And he really got annoyed when the physician told him, boy, you look so great for your age and you're so healthy and, uh, Everything is really good on your record here. May I ask, how old was your father when he died? And uh, the patient said angrily, died? Who said he died? Did I say he died? My father is uh, very active. He runs, he jogs, he swims. He's doing very well. And the condescending physician continues by saying, oh, that is so fantastic. May I ask, how old was his father when he died? And the patient more angry than before. says, died? Who said he died? Did I say he died? My grandfather is 102 years old, and he's getting married next week. <laughs> and the, 
position says, oh, my God, that is so fantastic, 102 years old, and he still wants to get married? Wants to? Who said he wants to? Did I say he wants to? (laughs) (laughs) That's the joke. But I want to tell you the time that I got more respect than I could have ever imagined in my midway docent uniform, not with my leather jacket, but with a docent uniform that consists of my yellow hat with the uh, silhouette of the midway on there, CV41, and my nice blue polo shirt on one side, embroidered in gold, USS Midway, and on the other side, my name badge, Fred. And I was entertaining a group of elementary school first graders uh, on a field trip with their teacher. And uh, this came unintentionally from a little boy. Uh, They were all so unruly. They didn't want to learn anything about the Midway. Uh, All they wanted to do was fool around and I wanted their attention. So I offered prizes if they would raise their hand and answer my questions. And my first question basic was, uh, what is the name of this ship? And nobody raised their hand except one little boy, but he didn't know the answer. All he wanted was the prize. So he stood in awkward silence with his hand raised, and the teacher had to give him a hint. Because they were first learning how to read, she said, can you read his shirt? Do you see USS? And I can see his eyes focusing on the easiest thing to read on my shirt. He said, it's the USS Fred. My name the is. USS Fred. <laughs> and, uh, uh, to me, that was respect. And uh, it was not condescension. It was respect. He didn't mean to, but to me, I took it as respect. Love it. I love that. That is an awesome story. And it, it, you're doing something constructive. You're helping others. That is in the work area of the pillar. Yes, that is. And uh, I don't know if this is a separate pillar that you will bring up, but uh, I think you're going to talk about hobbies, right? No, but to me, hobbies would, <laughs> hobbies would fit in with that, with that work area. Like some people don't want to work, they don't want to volunteer, but they want to focus on a hobby. So to me, the a hobby might fit into that work area, giving you because something I was productive. I going to add a few things about hobbies. Well, tell. Do tell. In retirement. Okay, yeah, well, uh, hobbies. I've had so many of them over the years, and I really wanted to have a hobby that would last for me through retirement, which would be uh, a good reason to retire. So many of my friends are golfers. I've golfed for so many years, taking lessons, and always found that it made me more frustrated than relaxed. And uh, I really wanted that to be a hobby that would last me through retirement. I uh, always remember when I was playing golf, I never kept score even for 18 holes. And uh, whenever I'd see a license frame that says, I'd rather be golfing. I immediately thought I'd rather be working. If I'm going to be frustrated, I may as well pay for it, get paid (laughs) for it. So now, as one thing leads to another, the fact that I'm a volunteer on the USS Midway, I'm also part of this group called the Knot Team, which is a separate, some docents volunteer, but you don't have to be a docent to volunteer on the Knot Team. This is really an amazing hobby that I've gotten through the Midway, and I'll tell you about that because uh, we tie these what's called survival bracelets with paracord, parachute cord. And uh, one docent has led the program, and it has done so well. We put out these bracelets and other items that are so many varieties of colors and designs. They're put out for 
donations that are requested. Uh, we don't charge a specific price. And people are purchasing them. It's only done on weekends and on holidays. And it brings in such a great amount of money that is funded to the scholarship fund. Midway has a great education department. As money is going to the scholarship fund. And uh, to me, the bracelets that I make, and I make them at home, it's got to the point where I can't watch TV without making one of these items, bracelets, lanyards, whatever. Bring them in, and we put them out on display. And it serves a purpose. To me, that's what makes the hobby worthwhile for me. Other than that, I am somewhat creative. I've done uh, other artistic things, sculptures, painting, but never stayed with them long enough as I've done with this hobby that I've already been doing for a few years. So I think hobbies are important and uh, whatever makes the person satisfied for the hobby, I think it's going to make it last. And uh, so far, not wood. This is the one that uh, has been working for me. You know what? That sounds like something that my listeners could take and expand. Like, for example, let's say a listener has a hobby of, I don't know, doll making. I, I don't know what it is, but they could take that hobby and take their items to the local hospital or clinic and see if their gift shop wanted to sell those for donations as well. So a lot of the things that you're talking about don't have to specifically be, you know, just in San Diego. These things could, you know, these should give the listener ideas about what they can do in their lives to make their life better. And so that's, yeah, yeah so they can make their yeah. life better by taking some of your ideas and expanding them into where they live or their, the activities that they like to do. So I, I appreciate your bringing that up. So tell me what this knot making, is this like knots that they would use on ships or is it just, could anybody do it? Well, anybody can do it, and even if you don't do it, if you search uh, survival bracelets or paracord, uh, whatever, on the Internet, you're going to find so many links that show tutorials of vendors, which, by the way, the vendors are getting higher prices for their items they're selling than what is uh, put out for donation on the Midway. But people also make donations besides just buying the product, and uh, it brings in a lot of money. And it's going to uh, well directly cause the education department on the Midway is phenomenal, and uh, it's gotten accolades on its own without the knot tying team. Uh, the Midway uh, objective is to entertain about sixty thousand students through kindergarten through twelve uh, each year. And uh, it's uh, an overnight program. Uh, it's just an amaz amazing enterprise. Well, that is amazing. And I am so glad that you came on the show today to tell us about it. Is there anything? We are coming up to the end of the interview. And I am so sorry we, we skipped the break because I was so fascinated by what you had to say. Is there anything, any words of wisdom that you would like to give to our listener who's about to retire before we say goodbye? Words of wisdom. Hmm, I didn't think of, uh, I had some great words of wisdom, but let me, let me say that I was very lucky in retirement. And I, uh, I feel that everybody is going to have a, a different uh, interest in retirement and a different luck. 
I think there are four factors that actually attributed to my good retirement, my retirement rock, to use that term, since that's the title of your podcast, your show. And I think luck is the, the number one. I mean, if you have good luck, the rest will follow. Good health, good wealth, and last but definitely not least, good timing. Uh, and good luck is uh, certainly the precipitator of good timing. I, I've had that all my life. I mean, even from the beginning, being born to the parents and in the area that I grew up, uh, where there was no volunteering, by the way, and to eventually get through college and to the, my career, working for the University of California, San Diego, for the length of time that I did, and then even after that, using my pharmacy license for 10 more years per diem elsewhere. Uh, I was very fortunate, and uh, the fact that I keep coming back to the Midway, the timing that uh, I was able to become a volunteer on the Midway, I mean, really helped me through retirement, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that I, I can still do that. Well, I'm glad that you can, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Fred, for coming on the show. Okay, Kathy. My pleasure. Thank, thank you. Uh, I think I just broke the record for a phone conversation. I've never <laughs> been involved in more than a few minutes, and that was a fast <laughs> half hour, so I appreciate that. Thank you. You are welcome. Thanks again for coming on the show. For the listener, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, 
iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.